0: So this morning, I you know every I have to tell you for pastors preaching on Christmas and Easter is stressful, and it's not and it's not because I've never said this out loud to anybody, but I'm um, telling you, it's like we we come to these these two big benchmarks of our faith every year, and we have this like pressure of like how do I zip this up, how do I like tell you this in, in a new way with some special sauce on it. And it's this old, old story, and it's the it's the true story. It's the story of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, but it's this pressure of, like, how do I tell this in a way where it's going to seem new and fresh and different and, again, like the special sauce on it. And and I just sat there this week um, thinking on that, and, and actually something hit me um, during my, my day job. I'm a therapist, and, um, and I spoke this week during groups about the topic of forgiveness this week to my um, therapy groups at the... Um, alcohol and drug addiction facility I work at, and and what kept coming up over and over and over again was when we don't live in the reality of being forgiven and set free, we live in a completely hopeless, um, dark place without Christ. And so I... I, I it hit me this week i'm like it is reality how do we keep living in a reality that says who we really are as people forgiven and redeemed by god and then how do we practice that in how we live every day so today i just i just have some things i just want to encourage you on if you know jesus christ just to keep remembering Your reality is different. Claire was such a good sport with me. Claire is like my, Claire and Jane, we have such an awesome church staff, you guys, and we have so much fun, but I was like, Claire, I've got this great idea. (laughs) Sometimes. But like, you know, how do we help even, you know, children understand like the reality of heaven, the reality of what it means to belong to Jesus and live with him and for him sets us into like literally a virtual reality, and VR got that for us. By the way, if you ever want to like go down a, a tunnel on on YouTube of VR movies and VR videos, they are hilarious. Um, first of all, like you might want to put mute on because there's some swears that seem to happen because people always fall. Um, I was—I just laughed. I sat there for an hour laughing. So if you need to laugh, do it. But turn the volume off because you know, if you don't want to hear the swears. But people always fall. It's like they get so caught up in what they're doing that they forget that like, it'd been like Claire forgetting that her child was in front of her and getting so caught up in, in what she was seeing and doing that she falls. Like I counted probably 20 in a row people falling and hitting their TVs because they got so into it. They completely forgot about where they were and what they were doing. And, and there was always tripping and falling and in injury. Um, so if that kind of stuff, you know, makes you laugh, go for it. It'll, it'll make you just, but hit you how much we need to also live in that reality as followers of Christ, so much so that we almost lose sight of where we are here in the here and now. So this morning, I want you to think about as, as Olivia and Lucas read for us, Jesus's death and resurrection, first of all, it shocked everybody. You know, we have Mary coming to the tomb. Um, she came to the tomb to, to honor Jesus' body, to probably check in and make sure everything was okay because there was so much drama around how he died. In, in the other gospel accounts, the, there's, there's, an, there's more women, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to like properly anoint Jesus' body, and they're going, and they're also trying to figure out how are we going to move the stone. And in, in John's account, it says the stone's moved away, and then Simon Peter comes running. Um, the the disciple that Jesus loved comes coming. Um, they look in, they don't see anything, and they go back. And then Mary comes, and she's outside of the tomb, crying and weeping, and looking into the tomb, and just sees the most unexpected thing, which completely changes her reality. And it's these angels saying, "Woman, why are you crying?" And she's looking for Jesus. She's saying, they've taken his body. I don't know where they've put him. And at this she turns around and she encounters Jesus. And the whole thing changes. And so I, I want to encourage you this morning to think about the, the new reality for us because Jesus' death happened and his resurrection happened. And I want to encourage you from some things that I read in a commentary. The first thing is this. They, because Mary was seeking for a dead Christ and she couldn't find him, But the reality is God's resurrection power did something about that. For he was not dead, he was alive. And there's so many people in our world and even the church who keep making the same mistake with vast loss to themselves. The Christ they know that lived in Palestine 1,900, 2,000 years ago. But the record of what he did and taught and suffered moves and impresses them. In thought, they often take their stand on Calvary with a very real emotion in their hearts and a new inspiration surging up in them, but they have no experience of the risen Lord. It's kind of like in French, there's this word um, to know. There's two, two ways of, of knowing it, savoir and connaître. How did I do on that one, Dylan? Dylan's very good at French. Savoir and connaught, and one means a very personal, real knowledge, and one means like knowing about And this author says this, it's it's pretty much that there's people who have, they know about Christ, but they have not experienced the risen Lord and do not walk with him every day. And that means that their faith, genuine enough and really effective so far it goes, is really greatly less than true Christianity. There was a pastor one day who was on, um, he was trying to write his Easter sermon and that's where I had some empathy for the man because I thought every year it's like, how do we tell this in a new way? or remind you of the the deep truth. And he said, as he was writing it, the thought of the risen Lord broke in upon him as it had never done before. Christ is alive, I said to myself. And then I paused. Alive. And then I paused again. Alive. Can that really be true? Living as really as I myself am? You know, that's where we just take a step back and say, you know, just do a check on yourself right now. Jesus is as alive as I am right now. As I pinch myself, as I feel my cold hands on my warm neck, he is that alive. And this pastor, he just, he kept saying it. And he said, I kept, I got up, I walked about repeating, Jesus, Christ is living. Christ is living. And to this pastor who had been following Jesus for so long, it was a new discovery. And he said, I thought that all along I had believed it, but not until that moment did I feel sure about it. I then said, my people shall know it. I shall preach about it again and again and again until they believe it as I do now. And then began the custom of singing in his church every Sunday morning an Easter hymn to remind ourselves every day Jesus is alive and I am alive in him. So we think about the first reality is the reality of God's resurrection power living in us is that of the same of our Lord Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead. I hope that fills you with some joy and peace right now because if you are feeling tired, worn out, or maybe dead in some ways, his resurrection power is as alive in you as it is in him. And that is something we can be praising and thanking him for. Secondly, for all her searching, it was not Mary Magdalene who came on Christ, but Christ who found her. This is the usual experience. The Apostle Paul says this, too, is is that Jesus Christ is the one seeking us just as much as we think we are maybe seeking him. To say, like, I found Jesus. People say, oh, I found the Lord, or I found God. No, actually, God found you. He is the one seeking and looking after you all the time. And that is the whole point of the gospel, that God is seeking us, and not only when we have lost him or have thought we lost him and cannot come on the way home to him, But again and again, how we search, and even when we think we're alienated from him and do not miss him, but it's really because we think we're unworthy or we've messed up too much, and our God is always seeking and finding us. And so he sought and found Mary. I just hope that you remember that, that no matter how far you think you have gone from God, he is the one that is always searching after us, and we just have to stop and let us be found in him. Jesus is seeking you every day. And the third thing that's really encouraging about this um, passage of Scripture where we we encounter the resurrection is Jesus shows up in our everyday, and very personally. If you read through the gospel accounts, Jesus showed up to every single person in a very unique and different way. He showed up to people on the beach to have breakfast with them. He showed up and passed through a wall. Um, You know, that's where Thomas is like, until I see with my eyes and I touch him, and sure enough, Jesus shows up. So I just want you to think about the fact that maybe you are needing God to show up for you. Maybe you are needing the Lord Jesus to show up for you in a special way right now to remind you that he loves you. He is alive. He is real. He can do anything. He is not limited by anything that we think we we can limit him here. He shows up in a way where Mary at first thinks he's a gardener. And, and so often in life with, with all of us too, doggedly or sullenly or bravely, we accept some, some way of how we think he's going to show up, for that is all we see in it. Yet God himself is in it and has some, some way to call us and to um, pull us in and help us recognize him. And so my other hope is that you, as you live in the reality of resurrection, you will also start to see the ways that God personally shows up and he says, here I am, I am with you. I have redeemed you. I have forgiven you, and you have new life in me. And you will be reminded of that this Easter. I think it's also important we think about this of, of Christian witness. Our Christian witness should not attempt to share an experience. So often, I um, I find myself of uh, I'll share like how I experienced Jesus and how I came to know Him, and it's really we we really shouldn't attempt to share our experience. It means that we should instead direct people to Jesus so they can encounter Him for themselves. Mary's message alerted the disciples of the fact that Jesus was alive, but they had to come to that faith and that realization themselves also. At first, they didn't believe her. You know, if, if you know your Bible stories, like, they thought she was crazy or they thought she was just so upset that she, she wasn't thinking straight, and then Jesus showed up again and again and again to them. And it's important thing. think Jesus met Mary in a way that was best for her, and he will do that for each one of you if you are open to him and will allow him. I want you to think about the next reality is that what, a, what is the reality of the consequences of sin because of Jesus' death and resurrection? And I hope this meets you where you're at today, too, is that a debt is settled that we were unable to pay. And Jesus said before he died, it is finished. One of the questions I, I asked one of my um, patients this week was how would you live right now if you knew you could be forgiven? And he said, I would live completely different. But so often because we think, oh, no, God, you can't do anything about whatever I did or whatever's holding me down, and we we keep that away from him, well, then we can't experience the fact that he paid a debt that we couldn't pay, and he really paid it. And we almost live like we're still writing checks and we're still owing money to the bank. And so that reality is so true, that Jesus paid a debt, and you don't have to carry that anymore. And next, the Messiah really did come. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He came to deliver us and free us from sin. That is the other reality of the risen Christ and the empty tomb. So this morning, I want to just help you just think on some things. The reality of life after the resurrection for us is, first of all, I have here, we have a different kind of deliverance given. We have a deliverance that means we are delivered from sin and its consequences here and in our life to come. The reality of heaven means all those things that have kept us and hurt us and maybe hurt others, that is gone. And that deliverance that Jesus gives us is so different and so amazing and so freeing. Resurrection means that we have a new life. And you know what, we have experienced a lot of like, sorrow and pain in the last couple of years especially, and, and I think even more today we need to remember that resurrection means this life is not the end. This is not all it is, and that gives me so much hope and joy. It also means that we had a new day to worship. The fact that we worship here on Sundays as Christians means that Jesus' death changed everything so much for monotheistic Jews that they changed the day that they were worshiping. They, they would They would have Sabbath from Friday to Saturday, and that would be their day of, of worship and rest. Christ changed everything so much that they changed the day they showed up to worship, and that was sundays that 's a new reality there 's no more need for sacrifice there 's no more need for an animal to give up its blood for us, which really couldn 't do anything anyway. The church was formed. We have new relationships. Um, I don't know if you notice, I, I referred to Lucas and Olivia as my brother and sister in Christ. Because of the resurrection, we have relationships that are bound together because of Jesus. Even though like we probably don't have a lot of things in common, we have the most important thing in common, and that is the risen Christ. Because of Jesus' resurrection, the divisions in humanity are no more. And so as people of God, as as Easter people, resurrection people, that tells me that when we leave here, we get to practice that restoration which ends divisions in humanity. We get to start being new creations in Christ together. That makes me excited for what we can do in the world because of the resurrection and Jesus' power in us. Jesus' resurrection means that we have his presence through the Holy Spirit. We're not alone. We are filled when we let him in. Also, we know the Father because we know the Son. Because of the resurrection, we can know the Father. And lastly, just to be thinking about there's no more fear, and death is not the end. So my last, um, my last wonder to you as you think about our, our VR picture. You got that one, Dylan? Um, you think about, like, this morning, if you need to be reminded of the reality that you've been living in but actually what reality do you need to live in every day as you come together with other Christians, read God's word, and just even like sing today, be reminded that the reality that we live in as Christians is different, and I, and I hope we don't act foolish like we stumble along like, oh, I'm in heaven. You know, that we're in the, we're in the here, and, and then the not yet is coming, but it's the here and now and the not yet. And these are my last questions to you. If I lived each day in this reality where Jesus has forgiven me, I have given him my sin, my shame, my failures, everything, how would my life be different? Just think about that. It's like the question I pose to my patient. How would your life be different if you knew you could be forgiven from blah, blah, blah? How would your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors change if every day you lived in a reality, I am forgiven and Jesus is alive? how would my priorities change? How would I order my day? And lastly, would, G- would people see Jesus because you lived this way and that change in you was so amazing? That's how I want to live. This sermon's just as much for me as it is for you all. We're all in it together. As we close today, I want to encourage you from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, two through three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he did endure the cross. Scorned its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Be encouraged, my friends, and live in the resurrection and the reality of Jesus Christ this morning. Amen.